You're listening to Sound Opinions, and later in the show, I'm going to give you a preview of my 2020 mixtape, and we bid farewell to some of the artists we lost last year. But first, it's time for another round of buried treasures, Jim. Greg, I am looking ahead to 2021. Several artists on my list have albums that I'm super excited about coming out in this new year, Uh, but singles and various EPs and tracks already were released in 2020 to whet our appetites. I'm going to start in Israel with Tamar Afek, and she is just Amazing. Uh, she is the Israeli Courtney Barnett. We, wow. We've heard a lot of uh, Courtney Barnett influence. Uh, you know, angry, but uh, melodic, a great singing, incredibly explosive rock guitar. The uh, Israeli music press uh, has called her Israel's guitar goddess. Hmm. And that, that kind of connotes a metal tinge, <laughs> but I don't get that as much as an occasional... Um, uh, goth and moody and super heavy sound, obviously influenced by 90s alternative rock. Uh, All Bets Are Off is the album that's coming early in 2021 from Tamar. And uh, it is, she says, a concept album about the uh, cyclical nature of life and how, you know, with luck, you move from the dark side to the bright side. I am up for that, let me tell you. Uh, She produced the album herself. Daniel Schlett, who's worked with War on Drugs and Dive, a band you love, Mm -hmm. uh, mixed it and uh, uh, recorded in part at that uh, wonderful Daptone Records studio, home of so much great soul and funk, right? You know, all recorded live in a big room, Mm. right? So it's got that kind of energy. Um, The album is coming. It's called All Bets Are Off. The single uh, was released, or one of two singles released in 2020. I'm going to play this one, Show Me Your Pretty Side, by Tamar Afek on Sound Opinions. Talk to me, don't blow my cover, let it all out. You're not my lover, you know you want to cry. Never said never, do you want to see me die? It's just bad weather Tamar Afek, show me your pretty side. I love that. I can't wait till the All Bets Are Off album arrives on uh, the prestigious Kill Rockstars label early in the new year. Greg, what did you think of it, man? Uh, I don't know about the Courtney Barnett reference, but I liked it. Well, uh, smart lyrics, explosive right. guitar. I think she's good. Yeah, absolutely. An artist who watches, they say. I get to dominate this entire Buried Treasure segment. I'm so excited, although I'm yielding to you later, and I will introduce what you will do. Uh, Next up for me is That Brunette. She is an artist from Brooklyn, New York, uh, in the uh, dance-pop vein, calls herself a, uh, you know, proudly out queer uh, champion of alternative 
culture, and uh, Brooklyn's queer pop goddess, in fact, is the moniker she uses, and uh, has been donating a a big cut of her proceeds to uh, black drag artists who, like every artist in every genre, are suffering. Um, There's a fine uh, EP that came out late in 2020 called Millennium Fig. Uh, There is an album coming uh, soon in 2021. Um, You know, Platonic uh, the single uh, from the album, it's already out there, is about, uh, she says, uh, that brunette, a.k.a. Madeline Mondrala, says, uh, it's about that love that you fall into when you meet a new friend who you know is going to be part of your life forever. I didn't quite feel that way when I first met you. <laughs> I was getting the I'm at the Tribune, you're at the Sun-Times hateful competitor vibe. Really? But it, it worked out okay. There was no hate. Uh, well, you, know, you were like, like eyeing you know. me up. Who is this fat guy who just came to Chicago? You know, <laughs> um, Madeline's been out there making great music for a couple of years. I uh, went through her entire discography after discovering this single. Here it is, Platonic by That Brunette. Brooklyn ain't the same without you, even though I barely knew you. I'm pretty sure we were in love. I'm pretty sure we were in love. Drugs don't taste the same without you. Clubs seem kinda lame without you. Pretty sure we were in love. Pretty sure we were in love. Cause I was trying so hard to find me. But I Platonic by That Brunette uh, from an EP called Millennium Fig. Yes, indeed, Jim. And uh, I uh, am excited by that one as well. I, I like that one uh, even better than the Tamar. Uh, I'm batting a thousand. So far, so good. That's a thing, right? That's a sports thing. And this next one you're going to play, uh, I can tell. Uh, I, I'm already, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. already a fan. Yeah. <laughs> I know, you know it well. You get an email, Greg, that says, a decade of stoner psychedelic rock from Greece. Can't go and I'm wrong like, with right, that. I'm, I'm hitting play. Yeah, we're right already now. in. We're already in. I'm talking about a band called A Thousand Mods, and that's one zero zero M O D S all run together. They have an album out called Warped. They have been playing such prestigious European mind melting festivals as Hellfest, Copenhagen, Desert Fest, and Motor Culture for years. Band's been together 10 years. I'm shocked that uh, neither you or me, both of us aficionados of Stone or Rock, have ever heard of this group. The new one, the latest, Youth of Descent, is an album that came out in April. It was produced by Matt Bales. He's worked with Soundgarden and Mastodon, a band we love. They recorded it, the group, at Stone Gossard's uh, uh, studio. He's the guy from Pearl Jam, of course. They were uh, apparently months and months uh, working on this album, and so they were already starting to feel claustrophobic uh, from being in the studio for so long. Mm -hmm. They got out in March, 
and then the world shut down. <laughs> Greece, like everywhere else. Time and space as we know it are bent, <laughs> warped, 1,000 Mods tells us. But we will not let them create warped history. Yes, bring on the stoner rock. This is the song Warped from Youth of Descent by 1,000 Mods. Has worked from a thousand mods from Jim DeRogatis, his uh, third buried treasure. So far, you're betting a thousand. Man, I'm so proud. Can you keep it going? Probably uh, you not. Have one I'll more. Up. I'll screw up. <laughs> but that's right up your alley. Yeah. That kind of stoner Absolutely. rock, right? And stoner rock, I think, transcends all languages and cultures. There are stoners everywhere who like to I rock. I agree. It's a, it, it is a, you don't need any, even need to speak the same language. Everybody speaks stoner, though. They Absolutely. know that. Absolutely. Know? I got one yeah. more for you in a completely different direction, Greg. Grand Brothers is a duo of uh, German, uh, Turkish, Swiss extraction. Uh, a classically trained pianist named Errol Sarp, and an electronic wizard named Lucas Vogel. And what they have done is, uh, you know, mix these two things, just beautiful, ambient, atmospheric uh, piano with uh, subtle, electronic, ambient experimentation. This particularly hit a chord because uh, uh, I was listening to a lot of Harold Budd. He just passed uh, Ambient Maestro. And, uh, you know, I have, uh, despite being such an Eno head, I have a high tolerance. Like, ambient music it has to be really good to grab me. And uh, from the second I started playing the first track, uh, Houth, H-O-W-T-H, from the album All the Unknown, which is coming out mid-January on City Slang, I was hooked. I was just like, wow, this is great. This is just the right side of ambient, as Eno said. Music that rewards your attention but does not demand it. And now it's been on just like cycle nonstop. Uh, I'm eager to hear what you think as a piano player yourself. Houth by Grand Brothers.
That is uh, Houth from uh, Grand Brothers. Jim Dirigatis is uh, fourth and final buried treasure. And Jim, I think the sequencing, uh, not only the selections themselves, but the sequencing of your four picks was particularly astute this time. Well, I left that to Alex and Andrew, so our intrepid the, producers. Well, and they deserve credit, too. They can put together. So you're thinking about the the, the haze left yeah. by a thousand mods. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is kind of the ethereal kind of like, you know, we're working our way through the haze now. There's this, you know, we're surrounded by this atmosphere. And then you've got this beautiful ambient music as sort of a palate cleanser. Well, you know, I have, uh, from my uh, vast reading in, on the psychedelic experience for my book on psychedelic rock, there is that moment of crystalline clarity that comes in the morning after a profound acid trip at night, <laughs> I'm told. Uh, and that's what uh, that's what Grand Brothers is. Uh, as our listeners know well, Greg, you and I don't know everything we never claim to. We love hearing from colleagues to find out what they're listening to. And I want to welcome our guest today, music critic and arts and culture reporter uh, covering uh, music news for RollingStone.com, has worked at the Chicago Tribune, Althea Legaspi. Althea, our friend, welcome to Sound Opinions. Thank you so much for having me, you guys. I'm psyched for you to lay a buried treasure on us. Okay, so my pick is maybe more of a semi-buried treasure in terms of the artist not being super mainstream, and one is more under the radar. Um, It's from two of my favorite Icelandic artists, Olafur Arnold and JFDR. Um, The song is called Back to the Sky, and it's the first time they've collaborated. It's from Olafur's gorgeous new album, uh, Some Kind of Peace, and it just dropped last month. What do you what do you love about it? You know, it's the emotional weight. The the song came out in August, so before the album actually came out. And as you as we all were going through, the time was just chaotic. We had that a summer of absolute constant civil unrest which was warranted. We you know, thousands of people had died of coronavirus. It was just at 24-7, terrible news all the time. And the song came out and the calm and sort of reassurance it gave, but it, it's also melancholy, sort of fit the times. And it, it's also, to me, a great example of what Olafur does so well. I mean, his arrangements are amazing. His restraint and pacing just sort of captured again the emotions of the time even though I, mm. I i don't think it was written for this necessarily but it it just sort of soothed me at that time and then adding jfdr's vocals and vulnerable lyrics to it just sort of took it over the top well there are so many credentials i could have introduced you uh as having right but but one i neglected is uh uh you for years uh took classes uh, from Columbia College, Chicago, to Iceland. So when Althea Legaspi, how many trips to Iceland did you make with classes of students? You know, when, when you're talking Icelandic music, you're like America's Icelandic music <laughs> expert. Ambassador. Yeah, I, I feel like I've talked to both you and Greg a ton about come to Iceland Airwaves, it's the best. Um, that's actually, I've been taking students, well, I was taking students since like 2011, but I've been going since 2007. I actually don't like cold weather, but there's something magical about the country and the festival itself. I mean, I, I discovered Olafur probably a decade ago. Yeah, I'm 
obsessed with a lot of Icelandic artists, but these two are among my favorites, obviously Bjork and Seguros too, but yeah. in terms of like discoveries that I found at Airwaves that I hadn't known about before, these two artists fit the bill. Over the Back to the sky from Olafur and JFDR. Um, that is Althea Legaspi's buried treasure. So Althea, I mean, I had no background at all on it, right? I just listened to the track cold and I go, you know, first notes like Bjork, you know, right away you're going, of course it's Iceland, of course it's like, <laughs> you know, you, you know, exactly. and it is a beautiful, beautiful track, but the influence is pretty profound, I also think. And I don't know if you think I'm completely mistaken, but I, I, I feel like, uh, does Bjork just pervade every every female vocalist in, in, in Iceland? I mean, I completely agree. The first time I saw JFDR, her real name is Jolfrider, um, but it starts with a J, so it's kind of abbreviation JFDR of her name. But yeah, I uh, felt the same way. The first time I saw her, if I closed my eyes, the, the sort of intonation is very similar to Bjork. Mm. Um, and the... I, the, the interesting thing is that Bjork sort of endorsed her, I want to say in like The Guardian or something, saying she when she first came out that she was someone everybody should watch. So mm-hmm. they're fans of each other as well. Well, stay you. in Zen mode, uh, Althea, until we check back with you next. Thanks for being on Sound Opinions. Thanks for having me. If you've got an album we need to hear, a buried treasure of your own, tell us on Facebook or Twitter, or email us a voice memo at interact at soundopinions.org. After a break, Greg shares his mixtape for the year that was, 2020. That's coming up on Sound Opinions. Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis. My partner is Greg Cott. And uh, I will just confess, Greg is the master of the mixtape. Mr. Cott, if you ever decide to quit all these jobs you have now already (laughs) and just be a DJ, you'd make a hell of one. Now, I I think part of being a good critic is knowing your limitations, right? For example, if we were going to go on the basketball court to play a little one-on-one hoops, (laughs) right? I mean, you'd like, I'd be done in, in 30 seconds, right? On the other hand, I've been thinking lately, we have never played chess. And if we were to play chess, I think uh, having mastered the Neapolitan backflip (laughs) opening gambit, you can tell I've been watching the Queen's Gambit, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, I think I, w- I think I would kick your butt. Yeah, well. But you rule when it comes to that. I've given up. We used to both do mixtapes. I just don't have the patience. See, I'm zapping between things so quickly all the time. Uh, but you sit and methodically program an oral recap of a year. <laughs> Every year. You've done this since 
high school? Am I right? Or was uh, it college? Yeah, pretty much. I, you know, I would say mixtapes came into my world sometime around college. And then afterward, uh, I really got into it. And uh, it's an act of joy. It's, uh, you know, you describe it methodical. It makes it sound like it's some kind of academic exercise. But putting it on a mixtape or putting it on a playlist for me is like, I want to preserve this. I want to go back and listen to it in a sequence, in an order that makes sense to me and, and, and inspires me. And this year, you know, there were so many songs. I just collected a bunch of songs that I loved throughout the year. So as I was going along, I would put them together in a mass, kind of just like a big, huge playlist. And then I went on it down. I said, what, are, what am I, how do I make a, a, a mixtape out of this? Uh, so you're looking around 20, 21 songs, right? Um, I, I decided to, I, I said, there's so much great Chicago stuff on what, what I put together here at the year end of 2020 that I just wanted to sort of pay tribute to all the great music by Chicago bands this year and the bands that couldn't go out and tour. I ah. felt, you know, I felt deeply for them. I felt deeply for the clubs that couldn't host them. I felt deeply for the bands that couldn't play there. I felt deeply for the fans who couldn't out, go out and see this music in a live setting, in a community setting. Um, so all, all these bands are, are, most of these bands on this list are, are so-called small local indie bands, you know, some a little larger than that, but it, it, they're, they're bands who are uh, putting this music out as a, for, for inspiration's sake, not because they've got some big, you know, commercial deal going on to make, uh, you know, millions of dollars. It's about, you know, this is what they do. They are artists, they are creators, and they've given us a beautiful thing. Uh, there were just so many great songs that I wanted to put them all in one place. So I call it the Chicago isolation mix. You know, if you're, <laughs> we're all we're all stuck inside, and you know what? This music got me through. I think I think a lot of people feel the same way about music's role in their life this year. So I kicked off with. Uh, I just want to play the first four songs in the mixtape, and they're by four bands that I really love in Chicago. Uh, Spun out which is an, an offshoot of a uh, punky band that I loved called Knee High. Mm. And they've come back with kind of a, three of the four members are in Spun Out, and they've sort of created a lusher, more layered album than they ever did in Knee High, kind of a real advance in their sound. Uh, next up, I had a, a band named Horse Girl that's just starting out. It's three young women who are still in high school, released a handful of singles in the last year that are all great. I can't wait for the for an album from from these three. Mm. Uh, but here's one of the songs that I, I just uh, adore. Sea Life Sandwich Boy is one of the singles. Rat Boys is a band that just keeps getting better and better. Uh, again, this is one of the stepping stone records for them. They started out with sort of a country, wiry country tinged sound, but now they they've got on full rock. They've got they've got this bigger production sound. I think this is the first time they actually recorded an album in a studio and I think it just uh, it's levels above what they've done in the past and there's a song called Look To from that record called Printer's Devil and the fourth pick here is uh, Dead uh, Flower of Devotion is the name of the album and this is a co-ed trio that is formed in 2015 so again these are not sort of like overnight artists these are bands that have been working locally primarily for years and have been developing their sound developing their chemistry together uh, I love what Dead has done on this particular record. Um, you know, the, the bigger sound, the more stripped down sound of earlier has been replaced by a lusher, more rocking uh, feel on this mm. record. Here's a song called Desire uh, to wrap it all up. So that's Dead, D-E-H-D, all worth seeking out.
That's a little preview of my 2020 Chicago mixtape. That uh, it's called 2020 Chicago Isolation Mix, and the uh, <laughs> link is available at soundopinions.org. Uh, going backward from those tracks that I just played, that was uh, Dead D E H D with Desire. By the way, uh, one of the vocalists in the band, Emily Kemp, she was on the show Sound Opinions in 2019, back when bands could actually tour yeah. uh, with a Hooked on Sonic segment for yeah. us. Uh, prior to that, that was Rat Boys with Look To, a great song from their latest album, Printer's Devil, preceded by Horse Girl, new band with a great single, Sea Life, Sandwich Boy, and we started with Spun Out, new project from three of the guys in a great band called Knee High that has since broken up with a track called Another House, all so, on Sound Opinions. your mixtape effectively worked as an old Chicago Buried Treasures uh, highlight for 2020. I, I, I like to think of it that way. We've got uh, a mix of uh, stuff from multiple genres on there, but uh, what a multitude of great music came out this year, and I hope every one of these artists is able to uh, tour next year. Yeah. Coming up, we bid farewell to artists we lost in 2020. That's in a minute on Sound Opinions. Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Greg Cott. He's Jim DeRigatis. And now we want to take a few moments to remember some fantastic artists that we lost in 2020. It is just a multitude, Jim. It's shocking. Uh, Greg, it has been a year of loss. Usually we recap some of those we pay tribute to that we uh, talked about on the show. That would include this year, Neil Peart, the drummer for Rush, and a Gang of Four guitarist Andy Gill, David Roback of the Rain Parade and Mazzy Star, Paul Kay, one of your favorites, Bill Withers, John Prine, Hamilton Bohannon. Uh, I gave a nod to Florian Schneider of Kraftwerk, and Little Richard we did, and Tony Allen, Hal Wilner, the great producer, Eddie Van Halen, Johnny Nash. Uh, and then there was those that we didn't even get to. Uh, Ivan Kral of the Patti Smith Group played keyboards, and Kenny Rogers got a little weak spot in my heart. Yeah. You know, you picked a fine time to leave me, Lucille. Uh-huh. Uh, Bill Rieflin, the drummer, Adam Schlesinger of Fountains of Wayne, Matthew Seligman of the Soft Boys, Betty Wright, Justin Towns Earl, Ronald Bell of Cool in the Gang, Mac Davis, 70s AM pop, Phil May of The Pretty Things, Spencer Davis, Harold Budd, collaborator with, yes, Brian Eno, hugely (laughs) influential ambient musician, and Pierre Kesdi from Chicago, the bass player of Naked Raygun, the immortal Naked Raygun, and and then Pegboy. A long, sad list. I think we could do a five-hour show paying tribute to each of those artists and others, but there are a few, there are three, that we want to dive into a little deeper. You're going to start us off, right? Jim, I'm going to start off with uh, a tribute to uh, Peter Green, who died uh, in July at the age of 73. Uh, We've talked about Peter Green on the show before and in the midst of COVID and in the midst of our transition to independent uh, radio operation, (laughs) uh, you know, uh, we we just couldn't keep up with everything. And it it broke my heart that we couldn't talk about Peter initially uh, for various reasons, but uh, I do want to highlight him now. Uh, For those of you who don't know, he was uh, one of the founding members of Fleetwood Mac back in the day in the 60s. You know, he was a young guitar phenom. Uh, his name came up recently because uh, there was a friend of mine who posted on Facebook, well, you know, 60s British guitarists, right? Who do you prefer, Eric Clapton or Jeff Beck? And my response was Peter Green. 
Mm. You know, to my mind, he was head and shoulders above everybody. And no diss on Beck or, or Clapton or Jimmy Page or any of the other great guitarists of that era. But Green was just in a class by himself. Uh, created a very small but influential body of work in the, uh, in the late 60s into the early 70s. Then had a crack up for various reasons, a, a mental breakdown, uh, exacerbated by drug use, and, and spent the re- remaining decades kind of in and out of, uh, you know, being a functioning human being, just trying to figure yeah. out how to live, and then started playing music again, and, and, and was, thankfully was, was able to start creating again uh, at the end of his career. But the great work that he did with, uh, in, in the early days was the stuff that people remember him most by. B.B. Uh, King famously commented, that Green was the only living guitarist to make me sweat. He had the sweetest tone I've ever heard. Um, and that was a huge compliment coming from B.B. because he knew all those guys. Mm-hmm. Green was in a, in a class by himself. Let me tell you why. You know, not only was he a master of the blues vocabulary, I mean, all those British guitarists adored the B.B. Kings of the world. You know, Green in particular was a huge advocate for Chicago blues. He, lo- he studied especially the hardest-edged musicians in that scene you know magic sam otis rush buddy guy those are the guys that really appealed to him but the other thing that he had was he had this great riff vocabulary a lot of people talk about something like the green manalishi with the two-pronged crown or Mm. a song like (laughs) oh well as prototypical metal songs i mean this was metal before metal you know existed it was like those hard-edged riffs yeah that that just kind of you know rang around the world but to me what really set him apart was that tone. He had this uh, amazing use of sort of a reverb, uh, sustain, and to create this haunting atmosphere that no other guitarist could capture. I don't think there's any guitarist who actually quite sounded like uh, Green. He was emulated worldwide, but nobody could quite capture that sound. And you can hear it. His most famous songs, uh, like... uh, in that vein were like Black Magic Woman, the mm-hmm. original version mm-hmm. that Santana Before Santana, yeah. Albatross, that great instrumental hit in England. Uh, the track I want to play is the one that sort of set the template for that style. Before he was in Fleetwood Mac, he was playing with John Mayall's Blues Breakers, which was kind of the apprentice school yeah, for yeah, a lot yeah. of these guitarists. <laughs> Clapton was in Blues Breakers before Green got there. When Clapton left the band, the rest of the band was like, oh my God, we just we're lost done. Eric Clapton. Yeah. And Mayall goes... I got another guy. He's going to be <laughs> just fine. So, you know, Green joins the band when he's like in his teens. He's still like 19. When he's, you know, and then he records this track called The Supernatural uh, on a 1967 album with Mayall that really kind of, wow, that caught everybody's attention because of that tone I was talking about. That he was distinctive almost from the start. And that sort of magical quality, that almost haunted, mystical approach to the blues really, really separated him from the pack. The track is called The Supernatural from Peter Green on Sound Opinions.
That is Peter Green with uh, The Supernatural from his stint in John Mayall's Blues Breakers. Uh, Peter Green dead at the age of 73. Greg, I want to pay tribute to an artist that uh, may surprise you. Helen Reddy died at 78, Australian-born singer. You know, I I call myself an old-school feminist. I think two things made me that. My mom, uh, you know, raised my brother and I uh, alone as a single mom for years before she remarried. And I think that really started to resonate with me how hard it was for her when I was about seven years old. And I remember watching Helen Reddy on the Mike Douglas show with her (laughs) in 1973, singing the song that was a huge hit, a number one hit, I am woman, hear me roar. Uh, you know, and, and it is it is a cheesy song, and there is some cheese in Helen Reddy. She really ruled the pop charts throughout the 70s. Uh, like you, I grew up listening to AM 70s pop radio, Top 40. You know, it was one hit after another, often with songs that had been recorded by other artists first, Ain't No Way to Treat a Lady, and Delta Dawn, Angie Baby, We'll Sing in the Sunshine. Yeah. I don't know how to love him that was her first big song but i am woman hear me roar in numbers too big to ignore i remember uh my mom pointing out a a story where uh you know in the newspaper calling helen reddy uh, a man hater because of that song and it's like geez what century i mean i know it was the last century but it ain't that long ago really and it's just like you know like like don't disrespect me is the message of that song is the message of most of her body of work she did not have an easy life born in australia uh moved uh initially to chicago with Mm. her first husband when she came to the u.s and then wound up in new york where she said in her autobiography uh when we were able to eat it was spaghetti and we spent the rest of the money we did have on cockroach spray (laughs) so she really struggled a hard life three marriages three divorces several children um a movie career. Uh, you know, that, that, how about this when you're stuck for things to watch on Netflix? Airport 75, she plays a nun who comforts <laughs> the young, sick Linda Blair of Exorcist fame. She was in Pete's Dragon, Disney movie I loved when Disney was Disney and less celebratory. Uh, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. The Peter Frampton yeah. Bee Gees version. My God. But, you know, none other than my hero, Lester Bangs, championed Helen Reddy. And this made me go back to her many years later. Uh, he says, I don't blame Helen and the rest of womankind for being so mad. All men but me are puds, Lester wrote. <laughs> Helen is a beacon, the perfect 70s incarnation of Miss Liberty herself in pantsuit and bowler, crooning for America in a voice like the tenderest walls brushing together the real Velvet Underground. From Lester Banks, that is high praise. I can't do better. I Am Woman, Hear Me Roar by Helen Reddy, dead at the age of 78. I am woman, hear me roar In numbers too big to ignore And I know too much to go back and pretend Cause I've heard it all before And I've been down there on the floor No one's ever gonna keep
I Am Woman by the great Helen Reddy. Uh, I, I'm not, but Helen was, and she <laughs> is now dead at the age of 78. Yes, one more uh, obit, Jim, uh, that we want to touch on. Uh, Toots Hibbert uh, died at 77 in September uh, in Jamaica, in his homeland. Uh, Toots was uh, a giant uh, in, in reggae music. Toots and the Maytals, one of the signature groups in that, in that genre. In fact, uh, Toots was the guy who gave uh, reggae its name. You know, uh, he, he titled one of his songs uh, about reggae and, in fact, gave the genre a name in, in the late 60s, Do the Reggae. That was a big single in Jamaica in 68. Uh, before Bob Marley became the international face of reggae music, that, that, that was Toots Hibbert. He was a superstar in Jamaica before Bob Marley was really on the radar and continued to have success uh, across the decades as one of the major voices in uh, Jamaican music, in reggae music. Uh, you know, the hits just kept coming. Pressure Drop, Monkey Man, Bam Bam, Fever, Sweet and Dandy, Funky Kingston. Those were all uh, huge singles, huge hits around the world. He also was uh, played a key role in that movie, The Harder They Come, which sort of introduced reggae to a wider audience. Jimmy Cliff, the character, Ivan, when he first ventures into a recording studio, who does he run into but Toots Hibbert? Yeah. Toots Hibbert is playing himself in the movie, and the songs uh, Pressure Drop and Sweet and Dandy were part of that, that soundtrack, which sold millions of copies. The, the song I want to play is called uh, 5446, That's My Number. This was written about the fact that Toots got arrested in the mid-60s for pot possession. He claimed he was in set Jamaica? up. Yes, in hard Jamaica. to believe, right? Oh, okay. Here's, here's, the, here's a twist on this story, though. Toot said, I didn't have pot because I didn't smoke pot at the time. But after I spent a year in jail, I started to smoke pot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well. And uh, it actually became a Rasa and you know, was, was uh, involved in that spiritual belief uh, the rest of his life. But he wrote this classic song. Five four four six, and that was the number that he got as a as a, a convict in in prison in Jamaica, and talked about uh, that. That's my number. Was my number, man? Right now, someone else has that number. That, that that's one of the lines in the song. He's talking about this sort of factory of imprisonment of of uh, young men in in Jamaica at the time, and that song was a uh, was later covered by numerous acts because they. They sort of recognized the rebel streak in it. The Clash most famously covered mm -hmm. that song a decade later. Um, but here's the original version from 1969, 5446 from the great Toots Hibbert and the Maytals on Sound Opinions. What I mean, sir, get your hands in the air, sir, then you will get no hurt, no. Toots Hibbert, dead at the age of 77, 5446, that's my number. A great track, Greg, but for me, like the all-time, maybe in my top 20 Desert Island Jukebox picks would be Pressure Drop. Yeah, that's a great song. I love that song. What do we have on the show next week? Next week, Jim, we're going to have an interview with director Cameron Crowe, the director of Almost Famous, two decades after it was released. Celebrating the 20th anniversary of that film, as well as us, having done this uh, more than 20 years, because yeah. we taped that interview like the week Almost Famous came out. 
For more sound opinions, listen to our podcast wherever you find such things. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this program belong solely to sound opinions and not necessarily to Columbia College Chicago or our sponsors. And speaking of sponsors, every week our show reaches hundreds of thousands of curious listeners from around the globe via podcast and on 150 public radio stations nationwide. If you'd like to learn more on how your business or organization can also reach this engaged and educated audience, you can email sponsor at soundopinions.org. That's sponsor at soundopinions.org. Thanks, as always, to our Patreon supporters. Sound Opinions was produced by Andrew Gill and Alex Claiborne.